Hello and welcome to The Crumb, a podcast from Bake From Scratch magazine. We're here to talk baking in all forms, the people, the culture, and the baked goods that make us run to preheat our oven. Hello and welcome to The Crumb. I'm with Brian Hart Hoffman, Editor-in-Chief of Bake From Scratch magazine. And I'm happy to sit across from Kyle Grace Mills, our Associate Editor of Bake From Scratch magazine. It's fun to be talking today. Yeah, we've got a big biscuit special today, and we've got a very special biscuit guest. But first, Brian, what did you bake this weekend? So I baked, I think I say this every episode, so I apologize in advance, but I have a new obsession. I'm going to bake it all the time. We have a jam and cream brioche tart in our September-October issue of the magazine that is all the things I love. Seriously, all the things. An amazing brioche, a beautiful cream custard. It's studded with jam, and it's finished with Swedish pearl sugar around the edges. So you have crunchy, you have creamy, you have sweet, you have pillowy bread. You have all the things that I could ever dream of. I baked with our Red Star yeast, our official yeast of Bake From Scratch magazine. The results are always amazing. So I am so happy to turn to our friends at Red Star for overcoming the the ever-growing challenge and confidence that I'm building for, for baking with yeast. Um, but I love the versatility of switching out the jam based on seasonality. I'm even considering adding a little bit of peanut butter to the to the cream custard and then mm-hmm. putting like a grape jam. So I, I'm also in this PB&J phase of baking and everything I can do with that. So, so that's what I've been up to in the kitchen. I'm going to reinvent it as many ways as I can. I love it. Um, so what about you? What have you been up to? So we're at the tail end of summer and I had some pretty good looking strawberries to use up for the last big hurrah. And I decided to turn to Butternut Bakery. She is a Instagram blogger and, uh, you know, basically a weekend warrior, has a full-time job, but she devotes all this time and energy to her blog as well. And we covered her in 10 baking blogs to follow in our September, October issue. And uh, she has a strawberry sheet cake, which is uh, based off of like this nostalgic, Betty Crocker um, version, but she wanted to make it all from scratch. No pink food coloring. The only reason why it's nice and pink is because of the amount of strawberry puree it has in it. I made it and my entire family went nuts over it. And there was a crime committed over the cake. (laughs) Really? Um, Yes. My mother decided to swipe frosting from the cake and leave the cake and just put it back in the fridge like a psychopath. And, uh, you know, I called out the entire family. Everybody was dead silent. And the la- <laughs> she would be the last person I would suspect of such a crime. But, you know, she's an Aries. She's a, a me first kind of, you know, personality. And she I've snatched just, that icing. And she's, you know what? She gave me life. So I guess I can give her this one thing. Now you can just make a bowl of <laughs> strawberry icing for her and she can she eat did that, say that was the her only Yes, that was her only criticism. So Okay. All right. <laughs> well, it's so fun to have Carrie on today's episode. We are celebrating National Biscuit Month. I'm sure if anyone has followed the Bake Feed on Instagram, you have seen tons of beautiful biscuits that so many of you are baking and we are so excited by it. Um, Obviously, we are based in Birmingham, Alabama. Biscuits are a part of the Southern bread baking uh, regimen. It is definitely a part of my childhood. So it was an easy call 
to celebrate the National Biscuit Month, probably something that Southerners have national everyday biscuit celebrations <laughs> because we love them so much. Yeah, no, absolutely. We have five recipes that people just have been having a blast baking from so many amazing people, including you and our special guest today, Carrie Mori. So for this special biscuit episode, we knew we had to have Carrie of, hot, of Callie's Hot Little Biscuit as our special guest. And the cool thing, too, is Carrie and I have been friends for many years. And that's something I love about the food community and the baking community and just, you know, meeting people that you have an instant connection with. And Carrie is certainly one of those people in my life. I She's an inspiration and a friend. We bake a lot of biscuits together. We've had the pleasure of leading some baking uh, workshops at Charleston Wine and Food and traveling and kind of taking this biscuit and baking show on the road a little bit. We've done some videos and and I just have a really good time every time I'm with her. And I, I'm always excited to get back to Charleston. I definitely, you know, it's to see Carrie and. So she's always, uh, you know, someone that I, I absolutely love time with. So uh, it's fun to feature a friend. You'll hear it, you know, when we talk today, I'm sure. And and I hope we stay on on relevant biscuit subject matter because as friends, it's easy to, to go down a rabbit hole and talk about other things. <laughs> yeah, Carrie is one of our very first Baker's Dozen, uh, way back Back in 2016, we featured her. And so it was high time we had her on the show. Uh, We're going to uh, carry live in her bakery. So if you hear some noises of uh, the daily life, just know that's what a biscuit maven has to hear and deal with every day. (laughs) So as the biscuit turns, let's chat with Carrie Mori. Hello, Carrie, and welcome to The Crumb. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here with y'all. Well, you know I have been wanting to get you on the podcast ever since we started The Crumb, and I can't think of a better time to do it than now while we're celebrating National Biscuit Month. Um, But before we get into any talk about biscuits, I want to get the big elephant in the room talked about so you can set the record straight and tell all of our listeners, your name is Carrie, not Callie. So who is Callie and how did you come to be the owner of Callie's Hot Little Biscuit and Callie's Charleston Biscuits? Oh, well, um, it's a great question. And my mother is Callie and I am Carrie. And actually, we're all Carolines, including my grandmother and my oldest daughter. So it's four generations of Carolines, but we needed nicknames uh, to not get us all confused. (laughs) A room full of Carolines. (laughs) That's right. It's four Carolines and uh, a Callie and a Carrie for the the sandwiched in the middle nickname. So that's how it came to be. And my mom has always made incredible handmade biscuits uh, in her catering business in a past life. And I went to her about 15 years ago and said, you know, you can't cater forever. We should sell these biscuits. And she said, that is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. We should, (laughs) nobody's going to buy their biscuits. They make their own. And I said, nobody does this anymore, mom. And this is our duty as good Southern women to revive the art of biscuit making. So that's where we are. So you've done a little bit of that over the last, you know, few years or so, and maybe name uh, a, few, a little bit of a reputation for yourself. So, yeah, I think you've earned your your moment in the spotlight for biscuits. <laughs> yeah. And it's a big deal to be in Charleston, um, which is like, you know, such a southern food capital. And to, you know, claim that you've got these southern biscuits and to be so welcomed and accepted as a purveyor of the best southern biscuits. It's pretty, pretty big deal. 
Thank you. That is very kind. I feel, you know, honestly, I feel unbelievably blessed. That's such a, these days, everybody's hashtag, but I really do. I cannot believe that it's been 15 years and I can't believe that I've been so lucky to be able to work with food, specifically Southern food and have a job where I'm still dreaming about it every day. So I'm the one that feels so grateful for these opportunities that have come my way. So one thing you mentioned is that, you know, not a lot of people make their own biscuits anymore. Um, You know, what, you were trying to get more people involved in biscuit making. You know, how does uh, Callie's and your business help people get involved in the biscuit making process? Well, I think it's so interesting to watch the evolution because when we started the business 15 years ago, nobody was doing it. I mean, no one. And... I feel like now within the last, I would say only two to three years, and I'd love to hear Brian's opinion on this, do I feel like people are actually going back into the kitchen and really enjoying being a part of the process? And, um, you know, it's just so fun to watch. Everyone has always given us such kind feedback about the biscuits we've made, and they've loved them, and they've had them to be a part of their family traditions. But to now see... They're still buying them, but then they're also experimenting on their own. And so for me, that's so important because not only do they love to make them, but then they realize the labor and the love that goes into it. And so it almost makes the biscuits that we make for them to buy in stores more valuable because they understand not that it's a difficult thing, but that it takes time and love and attention. And so they seem to love them even more. So it's just fun to have watched the process and to watch over the last 15 years, how it's all changed and and then come back to, you know, now people are coming in and doing more baking and, and being in the kitchen with their family, which is great. I, we see the exact same thing, you know, at, in Bake From Scratch and the magazine and, and working with, with you and other amazing bakers in the industry that are willing to share their recipes because people are still buying their products, but they also are so inspired that they want to go home and try their hand at it. So I think yeah. it, it's like, it's not one or the other, it's both. And I know for me, that's how I got into baking. I was traveling the world and I was buying these amazing pastries and cakes and eating things and, you know, all these different amazing places. And I wanted to recreate them to share with family and friends, but it didn't stop me from going to bakeries and supporting people, you know, doing amazing things. But, but yeah, you have, you have absolutely been a hand of influence in the biscuit baking world and, and opening your kitchen up to some, you know, really amazing workshops and recipes being released for people to to get their hands in a biscuit bowl, but still, obviously, they love supporting you and lining up at Callie's Hot Little Biscuit for, for an amazing treat. And, you know, one thing I do want to talk about, uh, this year, I was so honored that you invited me to be a part of the Be a Biscuit campaign. And, a philosophy that I want you to share with our listeners. Um, you know, I proudly wear the T-shirt. I've boomeranged in the T-shirt. People ask me all the time how they can buy a, a Be a Biscuit T-shirt. So tell us about why you started that campaign and what it means to be a biscuit. Well, honestly, I think I was scrolling on Instagram uh, over a year ago and saw the pi- everybody's seen that pineapple you know what I'm talking about the pineapple that has a similar like wear a crown and it, it has like the same uh, theme going on about 
the theme in my in my head is to be kind at the end of the day like do the right thing be kind be you know feel sure of yourself and and you know i am my my main job this is just my side hustle my main job is i'm raising three children with my husband and you know i'm constantly struggling with how how are these kids going to you know be better people. And so for me, I'm always talking to them about how important it is to be kind and whether you know them or not and do the right thing and be open to anybody. And it's so, it's so cool how everyone can be different. And I love seeing our children in this generation, how open they are to people's differences. And it's just, it's, it's mind blowing to me. I'm so excited for the future, but so I just started playing around with that pineapple thing, and I was like, how could we make this into a biscuit? And I just said, okay, well, biscuits rise tall. Okay, so that could be the first thing. And um, being warm and buttery means more than, you know, just what a biscuit means to us. But, you know, that's how I want to treat people. That's how I treat my children and my, my biscuit family, all of the 70 people that work for me. I'm constantly saying, like, I don't care how rude that customer is or how unkind your coworker is today when they had a bad day. You still need to be warm and buttery. Um, and then the last piece, which is so important and kind of just brings it all together to be open to anyone's jam, because that's what makes the world go round. Whether you're a biscuit and you are a layered biscuit or a down pillowy dough biscuit, or you are, you know, a cast iron biscuit, everybody's biscuit is delicious. If you, have taken the time to make a biscuit, that's all we care about. If you've taken the time to get to know somebody, be open, be kind, be open to anybody's ways, that is what I think the message of the world needs to be. So it was really important to me because it had so many different meanings and it was really the words that I preached to my kiddos and to my baking family. So I was so excited and very proud of that and love, love, love that t-shirt like you do too, Brian. Oh, I do. And, you know, I love that you invited, you know, all of us that participated in the social media campaign to talk about our perspective. And, you know, you and I talk about this a lot when we team up and teach biscuit classes or do events together. And we talk about there's a million ways to make biscuits, just like there's a million different kinds of people in the world. And having that appreciation and love for everyone and all different kinds of biscuit and every different kind of cake. I just open mindedness and having a, a, a heart of kindness is something that I think you absolutely weave beautifully into the messaging and 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 a really cool t-shirt <laughs> I'm back to that t-shirt <laughs> you know my dad used to always say you know Carrie he's very like very southern there's more than one way to skin a cat yeah. <laughs> that in my head you know and I'm like there's got to be a better way to say this you know I mean just be open to what everybody there's a million ways to do things there's a million ways to be as a person and you know we just have to have an open mind so speaking of raising your kids to be, you know, a biscuit, uh, you have your kids help out in the kitchen. Uh, I think one even works currently at Callie's uh, in Charleston. How have you Actually, got... all three are now on the payroll because, oh, nice. you know, they're, as a business owner, you don't have to wait till they're 14. They can all work. And the other two were so envious of my oldest. And so I said, fine, I'm going to put you to work. But that means you got to do a good job. And they actually have done a pretty good job. So they do work every once in a while. But my oldest does work a ton. 
So how have you gotten your kids involved in the biscuit world? And um, any advice you have for baking parents on how to get their kids involved in, you know, the home baking scene? Oh, let me get up on my soapbox about this. I mean, I just feel like this is such an important thing for you to do with children. I think a lot of um, moms are intimidated by bringing their children in their kitchens because they're scared it's going to be a mess and it's going to be more work for them than it than it is. But and and the answer to that is you are absolutely right. It is going to be a lot of work. It is going to be a mess, but it is so worth it. I have watched my children, I mean, from the time they were, they could stand on, they were in diapers and standing on step stools and helping me stir, whether it was baking or cooking. Uh Oh, sorry, guys. Um, I have noticed a huge difference. I mean, my children cook all their food for themselves. They love to bake. I mean, they've gotten me into baking, and I always laugh with Brian. I'm not even a baker. I mean, (laughs) I bake biscuits, but I I don't have a love for baking like y'all do. I love to cook. So I love baking with them. We make cookies. We make cakes. But, you know, to be self-sufficient in a kitchen is so much more than just being independent and being able to feed yourself. It is a way to communicate with people. You know, it is a way to show your love, or at least it is for me. So... I love that my children share that passion and they love to have people over for dinner and it is very social. And so we, you know, we go out to dinner for special occasions, but they really love to have, you know, they'll say to me, mom, who's coming for supper tonight? Are we having anybody over? What, who's coming? Can we have Sunday fun day? And to me, that is so great because they are finding joy among other people, sharing the gift of food, but also they're wanting to stay at home and hang out and entertain, which I, I, can't, I don't know that I can give them a better gift other than teaching them to be kind. So I love, I love that about my girls, that they are very involved in the kitchen. And I am, you know, it's no secret that you and I are friends also, and I love to share that with our listeners as well. And I have had amazing dinners and amazing memories in your home with your kids in the room. And I love that you have a home that the kitchen is a the heart of the home. But during the cooking and prep time, the girls are in there, they're lending a hand, they're jumping in, they love the dinner party as much as you and I do. And it was it was so fun to just be there and watch your girls and even the talent show at the end of dinner. Now that was like award winning. But but I do feel that from you. And I think your girls they feel empowered to be a part of the entertaining process and be a part of entertaining guests in your home. And, and I love that they love that with you. It, it really is so much fun. Let's talk basic biscuit wisdom. What can you tell first-time bakers and even the seasoned biscuit pro about how to make a better biscuit? Oh, I love making them by hand so for me that's very important and using the right ingredients like white lily flour I really don't bake without white lily Um, and I think putting a lot of love into it really makes a difference those would be my top three and when I've made biscuits with Carrie like there's no wooden spoon there's no I mean it is a big bowl and it is the ingredients using your hands and I think there's a fear in cooking and baking for especially in baking, people feel like they need to constantly wash their hands or they've touched something and they don't like it sticking to their, you know, hands and stuff. But with biscuit making, we both tell people, put your hands in the bowl. It's going to get dirty, but it's so worth it to make the biscuits by hand. So I agree with you. 
and the white lily flower. We've got a pantry full of it for biscuit baking. <laughs> well, and one of the things I, I like about that recipe is, um, you know, you don't do re-rolling. Is that correct? Not much. We do, we, we, we stamp it out twice and then that's it. And then we, we uh, you know, use the rest for a very various different things that we that we love to snack on but yeah we feel like you know after the second rollout it is can get tough because it's yeah it's the idea of keeping it that tender quality and a lot of people don't realize you know that the more you handle the dough because it is fun to get your hands in there but part of the reason why you should use your hands is it's it is more gentle than using a food processor or something like that you can so easily overwork the dough when you only roll it out just that one time you're keeping it that tender layer without creating too much gluten development. Yes, 100%. So now we're going to talk about some of the innovative things you do with biscuits, because it's not just a buttermilk biscuit. Let me just put it out there. One of the things I love the most is around my birthday time, especially Carrie makes these sprinkle biscuits. (laughs) Now they're available all the time in her uh, outlets, but I think she makes them just for me. So give me this moment to to brag. But the sprinkle biscuits like fall perfectly in line with this newfound obsession or maybe a refound obsession with sprinkles in everything. We see people baking cakes and cookies and pound cakes with sprinkles and, and they just love them. So mm-hmm. tell me some of the creative ways you do like to play with the biscuit formula and where do you go for inspiration to keep twisting it up and inventing new ways? Well, um, I love I'm more of a savory sort, so we use the first way we use our biscuit leftover biscuits uh, dough is for the snake, which has a dual purpose. It it helps um, give an edge to the biscuits if you don't finish a whole tray of biscuits, if that makes sense. So we always believe that the um, the biscuits need to touch, but if you don't fill out a whole tray, then you might need a little snake to kind of tuck up alongside those guys that are by themselves. So obviously that's great because it helps those biscuits rise taller and they, and they definitely don't go wonky and, and go off the edges, but also it's kind of your treat for after making biscuits, you get to have the snake and the snake gets super crispy all around the edges, which I love to drench and butter and sprinkle with salt and pepper. But a sweet treat is also to roll it in cinnamon and sugar, like a, like a Southern churro. Oh, yeah. So just for our listeners, um, is you call it the snake. You know, can you kind of describe a little better what it exactly that is? Yeah. So we take the leftover dough and you just kind of roll it in your hands and make a long snake with the dough. And then you can kind of tuck it alongside the biscuits that don't get the edges, you know? Yeah, that's nice. It's like yeah. the retaining wall that mm-hmm. holds the biscuits in. <laughs> it is. Retaining wall. So that's probably the most widely used around around our bakery, what we do with them in our house. And my girls always beg for me to bring the snake home from work. But we also love to roll them super thin and prick them with holes and make uh, savory crackers. So that's a great way. Uh, biscuit dough makes a great cracker. And I'm a huge, if I like last meal, I've got to have a savory cracker and probably pimento cheese, so any kind of cheese. So that's a big thing for me. Um, and then we make biscuit bowls too. So um, that is something really interesting. We take that leftover dough that the gluten has really started to work and it's leftover and we mold it over the back of a muffin tin and bake 
make them into bowls. So then we have vessels for soups and macaroni and cheese and tomato pie and um, shrimp and grits, which is what we serve at Hot Little Biscuit. Now, I will take mac and cheese in a biscuit bowl any day. I'm adding that to my list for my next visit to Charleston. That is that is happening. <laughs> I will make that for you. Well, and I noticed on y'all's Instagram that you reached out to biscuitiers and, and your many followers um, about ideas that they can take uh, for how you're going to incorporate their ideas into your upcoming fall program and spring program, just the 2020 future for the biscuits. Did you get any fun recommendations from your readers and uh, subscribers? You know, the most searched and requested thing right now on our website is gluten-free, which I won't talk about how I feel about that because that's just not my thing. But I feel for the people that cannot eat gluten, and we have been really working hard on a gluten-free recipe that we've been selling in the shops on a very limited version. And everybody that tastes it says it's great. So we are toying with the idea of packaging a gluten-free buttermilk biscuit. So that's definitely in my, on my wish list for 2020. And I have long wanted to come out with another biscuit flavor, which is actually one of my favorites that I've created, which is a lemon poppy seed with a glaze. Yum. So I would ideally like to do a lemon poppy seed biscuit. So we'll see if that happens. But we are also opening our fourth hot little biscuit bake shop uh, late December, early January. So we're going to have our plate full with that, uh, and a new food truck. So we're, those are probably the biggest things happening with Callie's and Hot Little Biscuit. Yeah, I was right? just going to ask, you know, 15 years in the business, you know, where is Callie and Carrie going next? But I guess that's some of the big things. Uh, where's the new destination? Uh, it's in Charlotte in oh. the South. End. Heading to North Carolina. Yeah, so we we have a lot of fun things planned for the 15th year, and um, it's just crazy to to believe that we've been doing this for 15 years, because honestly, it feels like just a few years. Time flies when you're having fun. Doesn't it, though? And you and I get to have a lot of fun coming up with a contest we're running right now during National Biscuit Month, and we've partnered with White Lily. And if you bake any of the biscuits that are on bakefromscratch.com with the National uh, Biscuit Month celebration and you follow the tagging instructions, you can be entered to win a trip to Charleston with airline, hotel, and dinners with Carrie and me and some biscuit baking fun for sure. But um, I'm excited that we get to team up for a fun getaway to Charleston in your hometown. But we're going to be baking some biscuits. (laughs) I am. I did too. That is going to be so fun. I cannot wait. When do we get to announce the winner? Is that the end of the month or in the beginning of the month? It'll be September 30th. We'll announce the winner. That is so exciting. I cannot wait. Yes, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, Carrie, we are going to go into the lightning round. These are going to be some quick dash questions and uh, with some quick answers, but uh, kind of whatever comes first to your mind uh, will be what we hope to hear. Okay. All right. So you've just baked up some biscuits. How are you serving it? Uh, salted, salted butter, additional salted butter, and like a flake sea salt and cracked black pepper. Mm. Yum. Best off the wall used for leftover biscuits. Oh, the snake. Definitely mm-hmm. the snake. Southern churro. Other than biscuits? Oh, 
Chocolate biscuits. Dang it. I just realized that. I'm sorry. Croutons. <laughs> Definitely croutons. I break them all up, pour more butter, salt and pepper on them, and I save them in my freezer for all my weekday salads and have biscuit croutons. Or I save them sweet biscuits. I save and do the same thing with like a trifle or a topping for ice cream. Ooh, yum. Other than biscuits, what do you like to bake? I really love a chocolate chip cookie. That's probably my most favorite dessert, and it's got to be dark chocolate with some flake salt, um, really buttery. That's my favorite, and I love a chocolate cake, a chocolate chocolate cake with uh, like espresso and then a chocolate icing. Mm, yum. Nice little slice of nostalgic decadence for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, and then finish the sentence. A perfect foodie trip to Charleston includes... A dinner that is progressive with stops at the ordinary for champagne, oysters, and crudo, a full meal at Fig, after dinner drinks at the Dewberry, and dessert at, oh gosh, I don't know, dessert maybe at multiple places or something that maybe Brian would make for me at home. Yeah. <laughs> And then don't forget, after that big night out, you've got to be first in line the next morning at Hot Little Biscuit to get your breakfast yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, you got to have the, the wine cures with the with a sausage, egg, fried, fiery pimento cheese biscuit. Yes, that sounds so good. And I know what I'm getting you for your birthday next year, a bag of flaked salt. You put it on everything and you obviously need it. <laughs> My husband always says, like, you are like, grew up at the salt lick what is wrong with you in the salt and the flake salt the bulls bay uh sea salt that we have here has become my new favorite obsession i just love it well highly recommend. i'll have to grab some of that for myself too i'll get you, I'll get you some. <laughs> well perfect well thank you carrie for joining us today on the crumb uh we just are really so excited about all the things we've been doing with biscuits and we would be remiss if we didn't have you involved in talking about it it's been so much well, fun. I can't wait to hang out with you in Charleston soon on our getaway for the giveaway. And always just being your friend and time with you is so fun. And I'm happy to share our friendship with our listeners of The Crumb and our audience at Bake From Scratch, too. Well, I feel the same way. I'm excited to see you soon and I'm honored that y'all asked me. So thank you. Well, thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See y'all later. All right. See, our friendship obviously came through in the conversation, but we did stay on the biscuit subject matter as best we could. Yeah, no, I, I've got plenty of biscuit knowledge as well as personal, but it's uh, it's always, you should have both. Yeah, and I love that she talked about wanting people to bake biscuits at home, but still running an amazing biscuit business where obviously people buy the biscuits and the, the amazing things that they do. Uh, at Hot Little Biscuit and then with Callie's Charleston Biscuits that you can buy in your grocery store. So biscuits are all around us. We just we just have to get in the biscuit bowl or buy some and enjoy them anyway. So that was amazing. I'm glad we got to chat with Carrie. So moving forward, uh, what are you inspired to be? What's inspiring you to bake right now? So more than inspiring me, it's Downton Abbey season. So I am hands down in love with so excited by the release of the Downton Abbey movie 
Um, we were very, very fortunate that we were able to feature a behind-the-scenes look in the kitchen at Downton Abbey in our September-October issue. Lisa Heathcote is the food stylist that has been a part of Downton Abbey from the very first episode of the television show, and she continued her role all the way through the feature film production, and it was even more exhilarating for us to have an interview with her in the magazine to set the stage for what happens in this amazing movie. So I'm going to try the traditional English English scones that she uh, gave us a recipe for. So yeah, from biscuits to scones. And I don't know how many times I'll see the movie. I'm not making any promises, but I can promise you it'll be more than one. What about you? So uh, the Mid-Autumn Festival, um, it just capped and we saw tons and tons of mooncakes on Instagram And I always love seeing the many ways you can use Asian ingredients like Chinese five spice and in my particular wheelhouse miso. It's this salty umami paste. I cannot recommend it high enough. And you can use it in butter pecan ice cream. You can use it in caramel sauces. So I'm going to be baking with some miso. I like that. Well, we've set the stage for what we're going to bake. So until next time, it is always a pleasure to chat with you, Kyle Grace. And thank you to everyone that listens to The Crumb. We'll be back with another episode soon. Happy baking. If you liked our podcast, please rate, subscribe, and tell a friend about us. To keep up with all of our baking endeavors, follow our editor-in-chief and co-host, Brian, on Instagram at Hoffman. You can follow Bake From Scratch on Instagram at The Bake Feed. For online recipes and fresh baking content, go to our website, bakefromscratch.com, and sign up for our newsletter, Preheat. Finally, for in-real-life baking inspiration, grab our magazine on newsstands, or subscribe through our website. <laughs>